side of the dark Side of Dark. It is season two, episode three. Uh, episode that would be uh, two three, right? Two, three, two. Michael Michael Jordan's number. That's it. Or it's like or like testing one two three. It's a sign. It's a sign of good things to come. Well, uh, I I have to I have to admire uh, you. You were you were almost on time this morning. I was. We are. What is it? Just after our scheduled recording time by maybe five minutes, and we're already doing. Doing my sound check, making yeah. sure I'm not going all over the place. Yeah, you, well, you're you're you're, you're kind of going all over the place anyway. I, I tend to uh, be I tend to be a little bit louder. You're you're kind of like a jaybird. That's just how it is. As as we discussed last week. Now, I notice you um, you, you uh, you're you, probably thrown off by the size. I am I am. Uh, you're you're holding some type of confectionery. There is uh, a confectionery. Did you go to Publix on the way here, Paul? I didn't. Did it you? looks that way. I'm, I'm holding sort of a tin in my hands, covered in foil, for those of you that uh, can't see the ca- since we don't have a camera in yeah. here. <laughs> if, if you're wondering what it looks like, it looks like something your aunt brings to a potluck. Which, aren't those always the best? Yes, they are. So, instead of, um, I'll, I'll hand this over to you. It's not cupcakes with our logo on them. Because, think... because of course, cup, our cupcakes is one of our absolute greatest sponsors yes. like you said we've been floating them for the last six months however what it is is the owner of our cuppy cakes um i spoke to her about the podcast last week when you mentioned something about a bluebird bakery southern custard pie oh, you are kidding me now obviously we can't go anywhere to just grab one but we found a blog post where a woman spoke of them very highly and tried to make her own copycat recipe of sorts. Oh man, this looks this looks dangerously look, close. Does it look like it at all? Because she's like, I hope it looks something like it. I remember you describing it as almost like the closest was creme brulee you could find. Oh dude, the smell is even there. I can tell you, she made it as a test run a few days ago and it was delicious. I've never had the Bluebird Bakery version, but it's good whatever. So I'm hoping you have a spoon handy. Um, I don't. I will not need one. Uh, right there in my uh, coffee cup is a letter opener. Perfect. Forget this. This is mine. I use this all the time. I'm. I'm. Di- the smell. The the appearance. Oh, my. Is God. it close? Is it? Well, we're 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 about to find out. Awesome. I hope I hope it's good because this woman said she couldn't find anything like it, so she tried to create as good a copycat as she could make. This is the uh, an attempt at a southern custard pie, that uh, it's been a, it's been a while I know. Rob's digging in fervently with that letter opener. Wow, I am I am I'm, I'm almost getting kind of moist in the eye sockets here. This is incredible. Is it is it does it anything like the Dude, I the would, aversion? I, this in in the baseball analogy, this is this is a home run. Awesome. This this is so much better than I just I thank you. You've made me just basically speechless. You're this welcome. brings back. We talked about this last week in the in the uh, Back to the Future segment. There's a lot if of I nostalgia. Could go back in time. I would go back to a moment where my grandfather and I would eat one. I mean, we'd literally eat a pie. I was four, and he was like, no, no. At that time, I thought he was 
you know, 100 years old, come yeah. to find out he lived, lived another 35 years after You that. said he would stop the truck, and you guys would what, grab two spoons and just yeah. have at and it. My mother would say, you know, hey, did you guys didn't eat a pie today, did you? We would just lie and go, no. No, and Paul, now you don't have to tell anybody. Thank you so very much. You're and, welcome. And to the, the wonderful owner and director of, of the uh, Our Cup of Cakes, the, the, the lovely autumn, the lovely and talented autumn, um, I've only said from day one, I don't want to steal your wife from you. I just want a sample of her DNA so I can grow one of my own. And get it, things like it, this. Yeah, and get, get things like this. Just as a starter. Because I would tell my wife that I would really only want a copy of your wife just for baking. <laughs> sure. You have to tell her that. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Paul, thank you. I, my, I, my pleasure. Um, we're gonna She'd be happy. Pod, we're going to wrap the podcast a little earlier today than normal. And you two can just leave. And Perfect. You know what? I will. I'll give you guys a little sliver. Just have just a moment. A small. Oh, she made two. Don't worry. There's one at home. Oh, this see, is all see? for you, my man. Right. <laughs> Unless you. Well, Brent might get a sliver. I. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> Speaking of Brent, you just uh, let the cat out of the bag. We have a guest in studio today. And for those of you that uh, uh, have never heard of this guy, we certainly have. Uh, we refer to him as the the not the OG original gangster, but the OT, the original. Theologian, Mr. Brent Michael. Well, I don't know if I'm a cat to be let out of the bag, but uh, I'm here. Well, it's good to have you here. Brent and I have known each other over 30 years. Something like that. 19, late, late, late 19, 80s. Yeah, late 80s. Yeah, I it's believe it's scary it. how fast that goes. You look back, you're like, oh, really? It's 32 30, years. 32 yeah, years. 32 now. years. Because I, uh, I started at Sound in 88, Yeah, when the uh, office was over off of uh, Curly Road. Yep. Yeah. There we longer, go. longer than Paul's been on the earth. <laughs> Close to that. No, on, actually, I Paul, take that as a compliment. Yeah. Well, he I'm took, seventy. He took one look at your hair and went, "This has got to be some young guy with some weird ass hair." No, that's his actual hair. He left the house I, w- looking like that intentionally. I, I, and Brent's yeah. thinking, "Did he ride a motorcycle on the way here?" Um, <laughs> no, nope, my hair's just Brent, that. Brent would get the reference when I said Yahoo Serious. He looked a little bit like yes. Yahoo. During, I remember during Yahoo during Serious. the peak of COVID, which. I guess it's still happening. Um, <laughs> he would walk in here, and I would just crack up because I got the straight up uh, kid from, uh, or play from kid and play hairdo going. Yeah, the eraser. Oh, well, to Brent, the nineties. Uh, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, where you're from originally, and all that stuff, just for the uh, for the home viewers. Oh, originally from Earth, uh, in the Midwest. Uh, born in Ohio, grew up in Indiana. Uh, traveled to. Texas and California in the Air Force and uh, then wandered my way over here to Florida where I've pretty much been most of the time for the last 30 some years. All right, uh, education background because we refer to you as a theologian so I understand you've 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 done a little bit of uh, uh, education (laughs) on uh, on religions and so on. Well it's kind of a side thing. I'm actually an English teacher professor and I picked that up because at USF, the English department offices are right across the hallway. And I mean, we're talking a four-foot hallway, not one of these big ones. Uh, right across the hallway from the religious studies department. So I used to sometimes get involved in and oftentimes just listen to uh, the theologians over there and non-theologians. Uh, talking about their religious differences, especially uh, Jewish versus Christian, etc. I uh, picked up a lot of things there, and of course, in my teaching, 
I came across a lot of things that were mentioned. Uh, I used to teach The Handmaid's Tale and Alice Walker's The Color Purple. Well, The Handmaid's Tale, for those of you that need a reference, it would be the uh, Republican platform mm. pretty much right now, yeah. I would think, yeah. The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, the, the Supreme Court nominee, <laughs> if, you, if you have any questions. Yeah, uh, a, a few weeks ago, Solio was asking me, he goes, well, when, when's Brent going to be on the show? And I said, well, he's, he's coming on board. And he said, uh, he goes, so out of all of the religions that Brent has studied, which one did he land on? What's your answer to that? None. That that would mean atheism, I guess? Yeah, pretty much. Is yes. That, uh, uh, a lot of people uh, are, are confused when you use the term atheism. Uh, it's not a religion. Uh, it's a lack of belief in any religion or dogma, etc. And atheism and agnosticism are pretty much overlapping. Uh, the atheist, uh, every agnostic is an atheist. They don't believe. People often think of atheists in terms of what they call a strong atheist, saying that they can prove there isn't a God. Well, I'm not one of those, and very few atheists are. Uh, I don't say I can prove there isn't a God generic. Uh, I say you tell me about your God, and then I'll tell you whether or not you can, you know, whether or not I can uh, say it's false or unbelievable or impossible or whatever. I, I got a question for you. Um, sure. I'm, a, I'm a movie buff, as everybody in this studio knows right now. I, I watch movies, and and my wife will tell you I'm really no fun to watch a movie with because when I when I go to the theater or even at home I'm watching a movie I haven't seen I'm 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 attentive I am paying attention You're trying to, to that predict movie. stuff um, I'm not even as much for that I, I think it's I just I want to be in that moment I'm kind of like a method watcher okay. not a method actor but a method watcher I want to watch this movie I don't want to look at my phone I don't want to be interrupted don't ask me if I want more popcorn I'm done I'm good. Uh, and you, you want to be immersed. You can't pause a movie at a theater. There was a movie, um, I'm going to guess, 25 years ago with uh, Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey called Contact. As I remember that. I do book. remember okay. that. It was the movie where Jodie Foster played a character where she basically whispered the entire time. Oh, yeah, that, that, that one, movie. That one. Anyway, um, he, uh, Matthew McConaughey played a priest who was an advisor to the president, and Jodie Foster played Dr. Uh, Arroway who was the, uh, the scientist who was involved in this message that came from another world. And so, of course, it's a movie. they got to have the priest and the atheist have a relationship. So they start having this relationship. Then they start struggling. But the main reason I bring this up is there was a scene in the movie that I thought was very poignant, and I don't know if it bode mentioning to you or the three of us to talk about. Because we, we still have to talk about a new thing called De Trump or De Fuhrer coming out today oh boy that's you, the, the game is expanding yes the it's game been is, a long time since i've seen that movie so well you'll remember the scene because in the scene the two of them are out on a balcony at some fancy schmancy washington dinner and and she looks at him and says i just i just don't understand how you can believe in in something that's that's not real he goes well what makes you think it's not real and she goes well i'm a scientist prove it and he goes all right all right i i, I kind of get your point he goes i got a question for you though he goes, how old were you when your dad died? She goes, I was about eight or nine. And I think I was nine. And he goes, you obviously loved your dad, right? She goes, yeah. He goes, prove it. And that was that was a moment for me. I'm like, wow. That's where sometimes people, you know, you say you love something like custard pie, which I will prove that I love <laughs> custard pie right, right after this podcast, if not during commercials. Um, it was an interesting moment for me. I, so, would, I would argue that moment. Uh, by saying prove it for an emotion, uh, it's not the same as proving an actual being 
something exists. Uh, you can prove you have an emotion by reading electrical impulses in your brain. You can't prove what it is because it's strictly internal. And you can't prove that you love that pie. You can eat it. You can talk about it. My actions might display yes. it, oh, you, sort of. You can, you can display it a sort, but neither of us know that for a fact. Your internal taste buds could be going, Ew, yuck, and you could just be pretending to eat it just to make Paul's wife happy. You can't prove it. You can't prove that you're not a communist. You well, nowadays we're, we're in a society where all it takes is an accusation for anything, and you can have all the proof and evidence in documented form, and here it is in photos, and here's the president saying this particular thing. Uh, no, I, I didn't say that. You know. And, and so yeah, I, I, get, I, get, I get your point there, Brent. It was, it was one of those movie moments though, that made me kind of think about it for a second because a lot of people expound on emotions and stuff. Like sure. it's like it's a real thing, and uh, the electrical impulses in your brain when you're when you say I love you to someone is exactly the same as eating maybe a pie, a chocolate. Well, or and they like say that. I know when they really mean I believe. All right, very cool, mm-hmm. Paul. I understand you had a question you wanted to ask. Uh, well, Brett. it's inter- It is interesting because I I heard you mention that you are atheist. Is is it? I maybe it doesn't bother you, but is it weird when you like? If you have to reach into your wallet, hand someone like a dollar, and on the dollar there's in God we trust, which uh, is kind of... This... Believe it or not, I actually used to white out really? on my on my bills. <laughs> so it doesn't feel weird then after all. The question is, no, it doesn't feel weird. It doesn't exist on my dollar bills. Yeah, I actually remember seeing you on... Um, Kathy Fountain. Yes, Kathy Fountain. Was it News Channel 8 or, uh, or, or, or ABC 28? Or th- Fox 30. Oh, Fox. Wow, interesting. Uh, yeah, you were on there. She asked you something similar to that, and I think you... you I w- brought out the bill. He <laughs> brought out the yes. bill. And it got more calls than any call, a caller, any show she'd ever had. I could only right. imagine what kind of controversy that might, or questions oh, that might bring up. A lot up. of them. But most people don't realize, no, that's not considered defacing a dollar bill. Uh, that statement uh, doesn't have anything to do with the value of it. Uh, so it's not considered defacing. Yeah, if you if you decide to add uh, a couple zeros to a one dollar bill, try yes. to make it that you can go to jail for that. I understand. Or or if you're George Floyd, pass a, a bill that is considered to be counterfeit, you can be uh, killed as a yeah, result. Just it depends on the color of your skin, I guess. Isn't that the truth? Um, well, uh, something we do uh, pretty much every week here is we. We, we considered actually changing the name of the podcast from the lighter side of dark, the LSD podcast. And Paul, where can they uh, find more information about the podcast? Well, they could go to the website itself, which is lightersideofdark.com. Now, 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 is that spelled in a funny way? Are we like one of those cool 2020 We're people? We're not cool. You it's... spell it with like a Y and a D-A-R-C? I wish we it... were that, that interesting, but it's straight up lighter side of dark. No spaces, no dashes, nothing. Just lightersideofdark.com. Or... If you have Facebook, you can go to uh, LSD Podcast. You can search for Lighter Side of Dark Podcast. We are on several and yes, growing. We're on, we're on Apple now. We're on Apple Podcasts. We've moved up in the world. Spotify. Um, we are on Google Anchor. Cast. Anchor, Anchor, of course. That's Google. where we got our start. A uh, big shout out to Anchor Media. Very easy to, uh, to get your podcast up on Anchor. The hard part is getting listeners, and we have... Uh, uh, we talked about it. Uh, we have listeners in Ireland. Did you know that, Brent? Do you know anybody no. from the uh, from the great uh, uh, great country of Ireland? 
I might. I have Facebook friends from all over the world. Uh, but You've uh, probably been unfriended by more people than you have as friends, if I'm correct. Um, possibly so. <laughs> Atheists don't have a tendency to have a long life on Facebook once it gets uh, well, out. Actually, I have a lot of atheist friends yeah, there we go. on Facebook. I mean, I have over, oh, well over a thousand. I probably could have more if I was not an atheist. But, uh, And I have lost a number of them that are right-wingers, but I have an awful lot of atheist friends uh, in New Zealand and Britain and various other countries. Yeah, I mean, uh, back in uh, olden times, as Paul has coined the phrase, uh used to only be able to uh, talk to people around the world in ham radio or stuff like that. And now Facebook's pretty much uh, connected everybody. Oh, for um, better or for worse. What, what do you think, Brett? Last week we talked about that Zuckerberg should, uh, should consider, should consider um, dividing Facebook into Facebook Red and Facebook Blue. I think that's the problem with our nation in general is that we're divided and people don't get exposed to each other. I mean... I have this thing about I don't unfriend people generally. I, I have done it maybe less than five times in more than ten years being on Facebook. Uh, and that's only when they become really annoying. Uh, but or, or even threatening. Yeah, or threatening. But generally, uh, I don't unfriend people uh, for two reasons. One is that I don't want to be in a bubble. Uh, and we're having too much of people being in a bubble. I mean, that's half the problem with the right wing is that all they do is pass into these right wing sites that all feed off of each other, and it's all in misinformation. Right. Uh, the other thing is, of course, a little more uh, self uh, self satisfying, and that is uh, when all these idiots figure out they've been fooled. I want to watch that shit. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get your point completely. Um, I watched a documentary last week, and I really should have written it down. I'm going to look it up during the first break and uh, talk about it. Um, but this particular documentary was was talking about uh, the media, just in general, and not and that people don't realize completely controlled by the media. And and I I didn't I didn't like it at the, at first. Because it sounded just like total conspiracy theory, 100%. Then I started paying attention to some of the wording. For example, they say, uh, here are the channels you have to choose from. Channeling. Meaning that you're, 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 you're taking something and you're working it down a certain way in a channel right to where you want it to be. And they said, on this channel, here's our programming. They're spelling it right out for you. Yeah. Literal programming. So- I don't watch channels. I, I get all of my TV and everything off the internet, uh, and not from any one particular place. Uh, I have friends that send me stuff. You know, of course, I do the social media. Uh, but when I watch television shows, for example, I go out and find them. I don't go to a particular channel, and sure. uh, I don't necessarily pay any attention to their programming uh i watch the shows that i feel like watching and oftentimes i don't watch the whole of a show if you're talking about a new show or something of that sort uh let's say something a topic is brought up i will go out and search for different viewpoints on that same thing 
spread. Wow, you mean you actually get an aggregate of information so you can make an informed decision, not just one source? What yes, is that? Actually. Well, you're, I, this, <laughs> this documentary talks about what you're told to believe. And there was a really compelling uh, part of the documentary, it was well done, where it, hit, it cuts away to probably 30 or 40 clips of every news station's big anchors saying word for word the same thing that was a message sent to them from the CIA, and they were told to read it. Actually, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's the same thing, but uh, there was a commentary about. Is that the movie called The Social Media or? No, The Social Dilemma yeah. is 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 a great documentary. That's not the one I'm referring. Okay, to. well, there's there. I know there was one that they had talked about where it wasn't actually something sent by the CIA. It was something sent by the corporation that they worked for where they required the news people to read it. Well, the thing was is that it, at, at its core, at its base level, it came from the CIA to the corporations and ah. sent the corporations down to their affiliates. That's And when you see this, it's it's powerful because you're like, wow, they are literally at, at, at the end, this could be a real serious danger to our democracy. This could be a real serious danger to our democracy. Mm-hmm. This could be a real serious danger to our democracy. And it's read verbatim. Um, I'll get that before the next break. Um, so uh, uh, I, I decided to put together something fun. I figure we'll let you and Brent play. Okay. And uh, you, you're obviously Brent is familiar with our our, our skit, uh, our segment, or our thing called um, Real Don or Fake Don. Our take on reality. Yeah. <laughs> where, we, where we play uh, five Donald Trump quotes, and Paul has to figure out which one is real, or maybe the next week which one is fake, and um, it's difficult. It's a difficult game, so we decided to come up with one um, that should be a lot of fun. So um, I don't know, Brent, you may be able to hear this on my headphones, so I'm going to give you my headphones. I can continue to talk, and you should be able to hear it. So if you guys can't hear it for whatever reason, let me know. While I'll edit it and post anyway. And here we go. Good evening, everyone. It's time to play that famous game show, Da Trump or Da Fuhrer. In this game show, we'll play six clips. One of the clips was by Donald Trump. The other five were from Adolf Hitler. See if you can figure out which is which. Here we go, and good luck. Number one. Listen, if you win, you don't have to explain. If you lose, you should not be there to explain. Number two. Just remember, there's no such thing as an unrealistic goal. Just unrealistic Time frames. Number three. <laughs> if you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, anybody will believe it. Number four. If you want to shine like the sun, first you have to burn like it. Number five. What I always say is think a thousand times before making a decision, but after making that decision, never turn back, even if you get a thousand difficulties. Number six. The victor will never be asked if he told the truth. All right, there you have it. Okay, so six quotes. Get my headphones back, Brad. They're not yours. <laughs> so out of uh, all of those quotes, Paul, did you have any indication as to uh, which one was uh, De Fuhrer? So only one was... What was the breakdown of the? Because there were six quotes. Five of them were Trump. Okay, one was... One was boy. Hitler. And I'm looking at both of you. And, I was and I, thinking the other way I around. I want to say... <laughs> See, that's a weird part about doing anything with I, Trump. 
Well, is, he is copying the Hitler playbook. We, and we, used to, we used to do four quotes were fake and one was real. And Paul did okay with that. He was about batting 33%. I think I was batting maybe about 25%. Then we switched it up. No, four of these are, are fake and only one of them's real. And he's like, uh, it's, it's, it's tough. So I, I want to say number three. Do you remember the order of them if without listening with number yes. three? Th- what number three? What was that one? Number three, I believe, was um, if you want to be uh, hot like the sun, first you have to burn. I think that was later. I think that was towards the end war. Uh, Brent, any uh, any suggestions? I or was guesses? looking at the opposite way around, so uh, it's like, okay, the first quote was obviously Trump. I knew that one. Um, the other ones... Uh, there was one that sounded a little too too wise to be Trump somewhere in the middle <laughs> and that's scary to I think. love that <laughs> almost like there was a nugget of wisdom and not just bluster and that's that's that was the I think it was maybe three well we'll, well see well the burn like the sun one actually doesn't sound like Trump to me yeah that doesn't but you, you couldn't you guys couldn't picture Trump at a rally going hey if you want to be as hot as the sun first you gotta I burn could, I could picture him saying something where he's trying to sound profound and and in reality it just sort of sounds one like... of the clips was by Donald Trump the other five were from Adolf Hitler Let's see. see if you can figure out which is which right, here we go and good luck number one number listen one. if you win you don't have to explain if, if you, you win, lose you, you should explain. not be there to if explain lose, number lose. two just remember, there's no such thing as an unrealistic goal, just unrealistic time frames. Number three. <laughs> if you tell a big enough lie and tell it frequently enough, anybody will believe it. Number four. If you want to shine like the sun, first you have to burn like it. Number five. What I always say is think a thousand times before making a decision, but after making that decision, never turn back. Even if you get a thousand difficulties. Number six. The victor will never be asked if he told the truth. The victor will never be asked if he told the truth. So we have to pick out the Hitler quote. Isn't this frightening? So I've, I've, I've Actually, I think, I think I know it. the Hitler quote is one about the biggest lie. Right. Tell, tell the biggest lie. That's, that's what I was thinking because I feel like he, I feel like I've heard that and they've been obviously copying that playbook for a while. But I, I do think that's the one. All right. Tell the biggest lie, and eventually, I think that's Hitler. Are we close? <laughs> no, it was the sun one. It was the sun one. Yeah. See, I should have stuck with my first guess. Yeah. And 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 then and the funny part about it is, I, I was gonna I was gonna put a picture of, of Trump and Melania on the uh, Truman balcony staring yeah. at the eclipse. Yeah. Because uh, that was that was a genius move. Yeah. That truly was a genius move. That is big brain stuff. But what this this brings us again around full circle to where when you do something like this, it's it's damn near impossible to differentiate from the president of the United States in 2020 to probably one of the single worst human beings to ever walk the, the planet as far as, you know, committing the Holocaust and, and having those beliefs and Just so on and so forth. atrocities, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's going to wrap up uh, segment number one. We'll be back with segment number two. We've got uh, Dead Man's Dinner Party with our guest and uh, a little secret surprise that we always do to guests that Brent does not know about. So we will uh, bring him on for that. So uh, LSD Podcast, mm-hmm. uh, this is Season 2, Episode 3 with Solio and Smith. Uh, check us out online at, oh. this is where I'm pointing at Paul and he's not paying attention, lightersideofdark.com, or join us on Facebook. And you can find us there, follow us. Just go to listen to us on your favorite podcast. Or call us on Solio's cell phone number, which is 727. <laughs> All right, we'll be back. <laughs> Oh,
You always hear people say that this election is the single most important one of our lifetime. Well, in 2020, it certainly is. Hey, everybody. This is Rob Smith with the LSD Podcast, urging you, if you haven't already registered to vote, be sure to do so as soon as you can. You can go to USA.gov. They'll give you all the information on how your vote can matter. Whether you vote Republican or Democrat or Independent, it doesn't matter to me as long as you vote. You can call 1-844-USA-GOV-1. Contact your local precinct for voter information. But whatever you do, people, please vote because this election is the most important one in our lifetime. Thanks. Hey everyone, this is Solio from the Lighter Side of Dark, and I want to talk about my favorite bakery in the whole world, Cuppy Cakes. If you live in the greater Tampa Bay area and you have a special event coming up, a wedding, birthday, getting off probation, I want you to give them a call, go to their website, check out their work. It is impeccable. They've been around since 2011, and they make the most incredible custom cakes you'll ever see. www.ourcuppycakes.com, where you can find them on Pinterest, Instagram, or Facebook. Check them out today. I promise you won't be disappointed. Cuppy Cakes, where life is sweet. Do you have someone in your family that's almost impossible to buy a gift for? Maybe it's somebody uh, a little older than you that's picked up most of the things they've wanted most of their life. So again, maybe a gift card, another tie, or something like that. Have you ever considered giving them the opportunity to tell their own story? Hi, everybody. This is Rob Smith with the LSD Podcast. I want to take a little bit about a company called My Forever Story. This is a fantastic gift. I've purchased several myself and I've seen the process in action. They get a chance to tell their life story in their own words using their own voice. Imagine how valuable this would be to people in the future who never got a chance to get to know them. This makes a great gift for parents, grandparents. It takes less than an hour. It costs less than $100. And the MP3 is available on the national website and can be shared with anyone in the world. I've heard stories where people have lost a loved one and they left their voicemail message on just so they could hear their voice. If you're one of those people, now you have an opportunity to not only just hear their voice, but hear them tell their life story. The questions are provided to them. They can pick and choose whatever questions they'd like to answer. And it's available again online. My Forever Story is a fantastic gift. Again, prices start at around $100 and it takes less than an hour. We can even come to them in the comfort of their own home. Gift certificates can be purchased and I'd highly recommend it. No more saying at future family events, oh, what was that story that grandpa used to tell? Now you can actually hear it. So My Forever Story is where you need to go. The website is my, the number four, ever story. Call toll-free 1-866-913-3263. Once again, toll-free 866-913-3263. The website is my4everstory.com. Mention you heard about it on the LSD podcast, and you'll receive two additional audio CDs for safekeeping. My Forever Story. Please consider it, won't you? Segment two, we are back live at the uh, Fame DJ School Studios. 
the Fame DJ School is now sponsoring us, Paul. So we're calling the studio the Fame DJ School Studios. We're, we're getting contracts and yeah, sponsoring you, yeah, deals. And uh, you got your uh, you got your training from the Fame DJ School. Am I correct? I, I did. How many years ago was that? That nine? was nine, to, no, almost ten. Eight, yeah, nine, nine plus. Holy, holy crap! Still doing it somehow. Yeah. And and Brett, when he got his uh, DJ training, it was kind of the he got at the subatomic level. It was the sound entertainment training, which eventually morphed into the Fame DJ School training. It's so, if you guys are ever interested in becoming a, a mobile DJ, weddings, parties, dances, karaoke, trivia, uh, stuff like that, uh, we recommend going to uh, Fame, just like the TV show Fame, F A M E, FameDJSchool.com. They have uh, online courses, they have DVD courses, they have uh, live courses, manuals, all kinds of stuff. So that's where we all got our start. So if you like what we do, that's kind of where we got it started. Well, actually, I went through the Fame DJ School because I recorded the first version of the DVDs Yes, you did. of the Fame DJ School. Yes, uh, Brent is also an accomplished photographer. For those of you that think that all he does is go around and bash religions, well, <laughs> he actually is a very accomplished photographer. And uh, tell everybody what uh, you have a website for that or a way to get in touch with you, Facebook or anything? No, I'm pretty much semi-retired from that. Okay. So now he Just only, love now only takes pictures of semis. All right, fair <laughs> enough. Um, Dead Man's Dinner Party. What we, we did this segment about... Uh, was it a couple months ago? Yeah. August? Yeah. It's interesting you said we were alive again. I was thinking, well, we're going to be live and dead. <laughs> yeah, so we're talking about a dead man's dinner party, and we're live. Contradictions in terms. Such as life. We, uh, uh, You're going to have to refresh my memory, Paul, because I was talking to Brent uh, before you got here. Sure. Which was like 12.02. You still weren't here, so Brent and I were talking. Uh, he said we should refer to you as the late Solio. Oh, no, that makes me um, scared. I remember my, my three at my first dead man's dinner party was uh, Wyatt Earp, mm-hmm. Howard Hughes, and Don Rickles. Okay. And I remember one of yours was Nikola Tesla. Nikola cause, Tesla. Because he would he would have been one on yes. mine. Well, who were the other two? George Carlin yes, now, now was one. And I'm trying to think of the third one. Are we going to have to dig out the archives? I might have to go back and, and in post-production here and, and, and figure out what I said. That's interesting because uh, of my dinner party guests, one of them we've already talked about, even though I didn't know it was going to be part of it before I got here. Really? So? And no, it's not Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Although it sounds a lot like him. Maybe you know, so, Maybe someday soon. If it, uh, my, my, my dinner party guests would be... We are only doing one at a time. So who would your... And who, these are dead, dead people who are dead, correct? Yeah, he, 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 right. He's aware of that. Okay. So there's okay. not... There's okay. a, we're, first of all, we're at, we're at the Brent Michael Mansion out on the water... And uh, a guy in a, a tuxedo answers the door. There's a knock at the door. We open the door. And who's your first guest? First guest is Adolf Hitler. Adolf Hitler. It's so funny that you say that. Okay. So, yes. so why, uh, I mean, I, I'm going to pretend that I know why, but tell the listeners. Well, uh, he probably, probably had the biggest effect on history of almost anyone. Uh and he's certainly close enough in time to us that we can relate to uh, what thought processes have brought him to that point. And also, of course, he is the uh, inspiration for our current president. So <laughs> that's it's hard to argue inspiration that. Inspiration is a funny way to say it, but it's sadly true. We just did, you know, to Trump or to Fuhrer, and we all struggled. And, and we both got if it I wrong. Did, if I didn't know who 
who said it, I wouldn't have been able to figure it out. Exactly. So it, now, um, is is it possible that you invited him to your dead man's dinner party because of maybe someone else you invited? Oh yes. Or is that coming up later? Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. So Hitler, I, I, I really, I can understand it. There might be people out there going, oh my gosh, how dare you, you, you can't say his name. No, that's the problem. We need to be able to say his name and acknowledge the atrocities. And Definitely. It would, it, 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 it would be interesting if, if they you know, saved his brain and eventually in a couple hundred years we could figure out you know, what's going on with that. Yes. But really, we've, we've got one now. So when Trump dies, we'll just analyze that brain. Yeah. All right, so now we're going to go from, take our camera crew from, the uh, Brett Michael Mansion to the the Paul Solio compound. The compound. Oh boy, I get a compound. Yeah. That sounds authoritative. At the guard gate, there's a guy who pulls up oh, in man. a car, and the guard walks out and says, "May I have your name? Who is it?" Robin Williams. Robin Williams, another comedian. Yes. That's good. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I want to lighten it up a little yeah. bit. Well, I just, you know, since he got shortchanged in the end with the, you know, the Louis body dementia, and he was just such a brilliant and interesting person. You know, great dramatic actor, brilliant improviser and comedian had such a multifaceted and, and very introspective sort of way about him and uh, I, I just miss seeing him there was something about Robin Williams that was very endearing to a lot of people he had a, a humility a humility about him um, and anyone I had ever spoke to I had a couple of comics who had very brief brushes with him outside of like a, a comedy store or and just said he was like hey I'm, you know I'm one of you like he he had that same love for the art as if he was just starting out like other people, and, and I always admired that. And it's just it's a sad story. I'd, I'd love to have him come back and entertain us and just yeah, he, he chat was, for a while. He, I, I, I read a, an article in, I'm going to guess it might have been GQ magazine, mm -hmm. where his management, his management company, his manager, referred to him as a red light guy, meaning when the red light in the camera would come on, this... This, just, this this meerkat, this personality would pop straight in. He knew when to turn it on, and he could turn it right back off. Right, and that he, uh, and I mean, like I said, Rickles was very similar to that, just a nice, quiet, passive guy. But when the cameras came on and they go, please welcome Don Rickles, that's when that personality would come out. Um, I was always blown away by, if you think about comedians, you have people who go, I don't like George Carlin, or I didn't like Richard Pryor, or I don't like Eddie Murphy, or I don't like uh, you know Louis Anderson, whatever the case may mm -hmm. be. I don't know that I've ever heard somebody say they didn't love Robin Williams. And, and it's interesting you say that. It's and even if and I personally didn't love his stand-up comedy. It wasn't my style, but I appreciated his ability, and I loved him just as an actor, and and as a person. I could tell that I just I, I there was some kind of connection there. I, I guess. Do you do you remember what TV show? led to him getting his own TV show? Happy Days. Happy Days. Yes. That's where he actually originated. Well, as a as an odd springboard for uh, for Mork and Mindy. Yeah, he had he had like a 15-minute segment with, with Ron Howard, and ABC went, uh, I think there's something here. Yeah, because it was such a different, like, that was so out of place for the Happy Days universe. Well, I guess Jumping a Shark would be also, but uh, it's such strange how it led to such a, I mean, Laverne and Shirley spun off from it. Joni Love Chachi That's spun right. off from it. Uh, there was they tried. They were considering really close to doing a Fonzie, you know, spin off. And Henry Winkler said, "No, I'm 36 years old. He I was think smart I'm, enough to. I don't really, I don't really think I want to do this." And, and and he went on to kind of a, a mediocre film career after that. And now he kind of had a comeback with. Uh, he was in Arrested Development, mm -hmm. and, and then uh, what? I feel like he's been he a did a others. terrible movie with Michael Keaton. 
in the early 80s called Night Shift. If you I guess, ever get a chance to, da- to download it, uh, just just watch oh, Snow no. on your TV instead. It's just a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and he was in a movie called Heroes with Sally Field. Okay. In the, might have been 77, 78. While Happy Days was still on, okay. so it was kind of out of character for him. So, yeah, I'd say, yeah, that's a good one, Robin Wood. All right, who's coming to yours? Since uh, I don't know if you have a compound or a mansion or maybe a... I have a uh, double-wide trailer. Double-wide? Plant City. Slutty Gum, much. rapping on your double-wide. Yeah. And, and, I, and I go, if you're the police, you have to announce who you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, the first one will be no surprise to you, Paul, because if you look up at the wall, Prince. Prince. I'm surprised he didn't make your first one. Maybe you were saving him for another time. Well, actually, he he, he wouldn't have been in my top three. Okay. Um, the, my top three were my top three. I, okay. I've always been a fan of Howard Hughes, always been a fan of Wyatt Earp, read a lot about him, and Don Rickles, I, I idolize the man. Yeah. But when it comes to music, um, Eagles, my favorite group, and mm-hmm. Prince, without a doubt, my favorite single performer. There have been so few real in-depth interviews with the man. Very private. I think at a dinner party, no matter who's there, they're going to want to go hang out with this guy. They're going to want to talk to him. And if there's no rules, if it's like it doesn't, you know, we're at a dead dinner party, here's a fantasy, I get to talk to you in a way maybe you wouldn't normally open up. You know, the same with Hitler. Like, I'm not saying, Brent, you want him at your party so you could hug him. You probably just want to know what, what, what is going on in your head. How, how well, did you? How did you? How did you see this working out? If you won, there's there's also, you know, the other people at the dinner party that will interact. And yes, more, more more to come on Brent's dinner. That's party. true. That's yeah, true. He said there was he, a partner. He has a madness to his motives. The dance just like partner. But no, with with Prince, I would have loved to have just got to know him a little bit. But then also, I would have said, well, uh, excuse me, uh, Prince, let's uh, let's walk into this other room. Oh, look, a grand piano. Maybe you'll play a tune or two, and uh, and just gather around the piano and watch the guy say, uh, watch the guy do an acoustic version of Purple Rain, or, or like a little or, intimate private concert or something, something like that. Be amazing. So, yeah. And and we did we we lost him way 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 too soon. Much like Robin Williams, we lost him way too soon um, because he was trying to still be the performer that he was thirty years prior, taking medications, and somebody laced it with too much. It wasn't like you know Elvis who was. You know, 300 pounds. Yeah, it just kind of went off the rails. 17 cheeseburgers a day. Prince was probably 105 pounds. So, yeah. All right, Brent, we're back to the uh, the Brent Michael Mansion, and the dinner party is in full swing. Hitler's inside with, uh, with chips Himmler and, and Chips Gerbils. and salsa right now. And they're going, oh, this is salsa. <clears throat> we, won't, uh, we won't take over Mexico as long as they do this. And what is this green stuff? Oh, from avocado. Salsa, do you say? All right, so who's, who's, who else is joining Hitler at your party? Well, the next one is Karl Marx. All right. Wow, okay. Marx, Mr. Marxism himself. We have a, essentially the opposite philosophies. Yeah. We have Hitler, who was a fascist, In nationalist, etc. Karl Marx is the opposite. He's the communist, he's the man of the people, etc. So uh, the two opposites. And Well, uh, I mean, Marx, Marx is famous because he had an ism. I mean, if you, if you get an ism. Yeah. Marxism. Yeah. Yeah. If you get an ism named after pretty, you, that's pretty, that's pretty high praise. Like, Solio is late ism. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how you that know fits. it's iconic. He's, he's a late ism. <laughs> so, uh, what, would, what, would, what do you think a simple conversation would be between Hitler and Marx? Just curious. Um, well, I think one of them might be the economics of it. I mean, Hitler was a nationalist. 
You know, he, he was all about the country owning everything. So, in a way, Marx and he would agree because of that fact. E economically, uh, they had similar ideas, although Hitler's idea was the government would be, you know, a pyramid type and controlling. Uh, Marx's idea was that the people would control the government. Right. So, in other words, the, uh, the, the difference is obviously is with, with Hitler, you know, they, they own everything. And in, in communism, the, the government uh, doesn't necessarily own everything, but they control how everything is distributed. Yes. Which is a lot of times is evenly um, on the surface until you see, walk into the palaces that some of the uh, Russian oligarchs have uh, occupied over the years. Yeah. Well, all, <laughs> all economic systems and, and uh, systems of government are uh, susceptible to distortion and... Uh, We'll get into more of that later when I talk about my, my third. We, guest. we we don't have to go too much further than that. All we got all we got to say is Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi to know that how um, a government can be just you know stagnant because of just two opposing parties that you know they're both it's like a, two magnets repelling or or attracting each other. It's just mm -hmm. one or the other with uh, with our politics. All right, Paul. Um, I I've got a musician. You have a really funny comedian. Brent is boring our listeners with you know socialism and uh, nationalism yeah, and stuff and communism things. and stuff so uh, now it's time for you to to bring some light to the table in, in light light indeed i'm going to uh invite Catherine. i'm sorry not Catherine. audrey hepper audrey hepper audrey hepper Wow. Yes, okay. Audrey Hepburn. I would like. Uh, See, I was more of a Catherine Hepburn fan. Really? With, uh, with that wonderful way. <laughs> you like the spoke. car starting up? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it. No, I would love uh, just you know classy beauty. Just add, add a little uh, something to yep, the party. I, I'm, I'm remembering Breakfast at Tiffany's. That's that's sort of the vision I think most that people look. can can go to. That look. That sort of just a, a there was something sort of classy and and sharp and that that. Classic beauty of 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 Audrey. I'd like to, to invite her and just just hear her opinion on you know maybe the state of Hollywood when she was famous. Yeah, uh, if I remember correctly, she she died early, didn't she? Uh, you know, I'd have to look up the year, but I I think she was also shortchanged, like so many seem to. Yeah, because I know uh, Kate Hepburn lasted until the mid to late eighties, I believe, after On Golden Pond, um, in the movie the. Uh, the Aviator, uh, Catherine Hepburn character was uh, was played by one of my favorite actresses, and I'm drawing a complete blank on her name right now. British actress, but yeah, I was always kind of a kind of a Kate Hepburn fan. But, mm. but but Audrey Hepburn was just she had kind of like you said a quality of she was cute and beautiful, yeah, and sexy, like classy. Like she she was yeah, cla she had a classiness to her and and sort of stood her out. Innocent, her innocence had kind of a nice sex appeal, kind of a, right. To it. So she kind of was like a triple threat. Just that's that's how I feel. Just very. Um, and and she did she was sixty four so too young oh Kate Blanchett that's who Kate Blanchett okay Aud she played Audrey Hepburn excuse me Catherine Hepburn in the movie The Aviator and did a, an excellent job see it's very easy to confuse those two first names for some reason I don't know why yeah Kate right. Audrey. they are they are definitely different um, it's time for me to liven up the uh, the the party at my uh, at my trailer because uh, Prince is not out drinking from the keg no. I wasted all that He's... money on the keg. Here and he is, just... So this guy knocks on the door, and he's got a big box of uh, wine, 
and uh, probably uh, an eight ball of, uh, of, of drugs, probably. Oh, oh. John Belushi. John Belushi. John Belushi. Yeah. Died young. Died, only the good die young. Died Way fast. Yeah. Died quick. Made a, made a handsome corpse, as they would say. Um, when I look back on classic Saturday Night Live, the guy was amazingly diverse. Did Samurai, the Samurai Warrior, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, Blues Brothers. Uh, very few spoken words in the Blues Brothers, other than you traded Caddy for a microphone. That was about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, also, I think a, a, a good, uh, a good accomplished uh, actor as well. Had was in several movies. That Animal House was was the one that really defined. I think he made he carried that movie. A lot of comedy movies get carried by somebody, one or the other. Um, in the movie Birdcage with Nathan Lane and Robin Williams. They weren't even the, the funniest character in that. Hank Azaria, who played Agador, their maid, he carried that movie in the same way that Belushi carried Animal House. Mm-hmm. Animal House, one of the most quoted comedy movies of all time. Right. You smack a desk and go, point of parliamentary procedure. Hey, I thought you were pre-med. Uh, pre-law, pre-med, what's the difference? I mean, there's so many quoted lines. Mm-hmm. If somebody says double secret probation, but I actually did the thing where... I put mashed potatoes in my mouth and said, what am I now? And I popped it like a zit. And my mother was none, none I, yeah. too pleased. What? Because <laughs> it, 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 took, it took, the, took the preacher a week to get those stains out of his... Uh, but that was funny to me. That was just absolutely funny. And, yeah, Belushi would be the guy, and I would just basically uh, put him over in the corner while Prince is, is playing and say, do Soul Man. And have Prince play. That would be interesting. Prince playing the piano and watching John Belushi do Soul Man. Yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe uh, somewhere else right now in a in a parallel world. That's exactly what's going on. That could be. That could be happening like right Raspberry now. Raspberry Ray, let's do it. And it just gets to it. There we go. All right. So that's uh, now it is time for the third and final guest at the Brent Michael Palatial Estate. Man, I'm I'm wondering who this third uh, incendiary Hitler, Hitler ingredient is. are in there. They're almost at blows. They're up in each other's grill. Who's the wild and card? Then this person walks in. Ayn Rand. Oh, interesting. Okay, now, Brent, I know, Paul knows, but for the home listeners, for the people listening to the podcast, who is Ayn Rand? Yes, a lot of people don't know. Uh, she's the inspiration for a lot of the Republican attitudes. Uh, for people like um, uh, Paul Ryan, uh, she is the ultimate individualist, whereas Adolf Hitler and uh, Karl Marx represent the opposite end of the spectrum for collectivists. Uh, she would be the ultimate in the individual. Uh, she's a very strong capitalist, uh, but uh, her main thing was individual. The individual liberty, the individual accomplishment, Everything is done by the individual, as far as she's concerned. Except and, for this, all the socialist uh, help that she got towards the end of her life. All that—that that was well, okay, right? That, I'm, I'm, this is this, <laughs> is, this is her philosophy. It's of just course, it's hilarious. Though. You know, Adolf and Carl might just bring that up. You know? I, I would love, I would love for him to. I hope he does. It In fact, be, I think you may have put these three together for a very specific oh, reason. You think, yes. you think, you think Brett accidentally invited have, yeah. these three people to his mansion? I oh, don't no, think no, so. No, no, no. This would be a very interesting conversation between the. Uh, 
three of that's them. the active reagent you just drop in the just <laughs> yeah that's the happens. that's the mentos in the diet coke there you go i like well. that better for yeah, she, yeah. 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 <laughs> brand would be the mentos in the diet coke i love it and and, and watch it watch it blow and atlas would just no, when, sit there and shrug when when i i invited uh, brett on the podcast um I have always enjoyed talking with Brent because he, I, I consider you to be and take this as the compliment it's intended a very intelligent, uh, well-educated person who puts a lot of thought into yeah you've been you've been excited for this for a while and, and into conversation um, that you know we may not I think we agree on ninety nine point four percent of everything but if we did disagree we can talk and we can share those ideas and sometimes mm-hmm. it, you know it opens uh, our eyes to certain things and. And that's why um, I'm, I'm proud to call myself kind of a liberal Democrat now because I am okay, I'm okay and open to changing my mind. If new information is given to me, I can change my mind. I changed my mind on COVID in March mm-hmm. when I talked to my doctor and I said, oh, this is no more than, why don't they just call this the COVID flu? It's just a flu. 12,000 people died from the flu last year. Mm-hmm. Why are we making such a big deal out of it? And he looked me straight in the face and he said, so when you got your medical degree, what was your specialty? Was it immunology by chance? And I recognized sarcasm and I said, no. And he goes, okay, you're a, you're a DJ, right? And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, let me tell you something. And then he informed me that he says, you're right. About 12,000 people died of the last strain of flu. You're absolutely right. And now that's over a typical flu season, which is 18 to 22 months. And he said, that's terrible to lose 12,000 people in 18 to 22 months. We don't want to do that, especially from not from natural causes. But he goes, we've lost at this point, it was about 70,000 people in about nine weeks. He goes, you see the difference? And that opened my eyes. Now, did it make me huddle in my house in the corner, you know, like like you do, Paul, and just kind of rock back and forth and right. suck your thumb? You've, you've seen my house. I didn't do that, but I wear my mask. I social distance. I sanitize the living crap out of my hands, which is probably the reason why in the last seven months I haven't caught any kind of bug of mm-hmm. any type, my typical colds that I get. So, yeah, uh, well, Ayn Rand, Adolf Hitler, and Karl Marx. Wow. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of shit I'd expect from this I have guy. a slightly different energy so far in my <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you've got a cute little Audrey Hepburn. After Brent's party, if you need to just sort of like cool off a little, <laughs> come on over. over Robin, Robin Williams will be doing something about Audrey Hepburn, Kate Hepburn. Robin, right, Robin. Yeah, exactly. He'll be doing uh, Audrey and Catherine talking back and forth, and he'll be in the same both. last name. One of them's got red hair. Who knew? <laughs> All right, Paul, it is time now to wrap up the third guest. Who, who at your party would be the one, like you, arriving last? Last? Um, you know, I, this is this kind of, I was trying to figure out who's my third going to be because there's so much to choose from. I think an interesting person to invite. Maybe not necessarily, this wasn't necessarily uh, thought of as interacting, but uh, I would like to invite Muhammad Ali to the party. Dude, so nice choice. You know, like what, just all of the social justice type stuff and just him standing up against Vietnam and the wars and he, he had he had balls for lack of a, of a more graceful term uh, not just a great boxer but he was just such a he had such a presence that was unique for the time and he was very brave in, in how outspoken he was and I just think it's fascinating to I would love to hear him because I know he'd love to talk about himself I'm sure he could um, I would love to hear him at a dinner party. Just say whatever he wanted to say. Talk about Frazier. Talk about politics. Talk about 
Howard training Co- stories. Howard Cosell. Howard Cosell. That yeah, they had such an interesting relationship. I would just love to hear any story he'd be willing to tell. I'm, and I'm, I'd love to get his opinion on Audrey Hepburn. Dude, I'm impressed. <laughs> I, I am really impressed because yeah, I don't want to say that you stole one of mine, but you have for future dinner parties. Really? Now, oh. I, 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 he was I on there for you. Soon, no, actually he wasn't, but he did, did. But damn it, he should have been. He's fascinating. Ali, Ali would be my kind of guy. First of all, we have egos that are almost the same size. Uh, we both like to talk about ourselves. Um, I was uh, I was actually uh, competing in Golden Gloves when I was 16. I remember you saying that. And uh, for those of you at home, you're about to hear a great story. And my Golden Glo- Glo- uh, Gloves, it's easy for you to say, <laughs> my Golden Gloves career uh, lasted one fight, about a round and a half. And um, when you're training in the gym... Is, is, that, is that what happened to your head? Okay, I'm going to edit that out in post. Um <laughs> No, I, 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 when you're training, like in, in the gym, the, the bag doesn't hit back. I don't know if you guys know that. The bag does not hit back. That's a back. good way to put it. And um, sparring was something that they didn't do a lot of in Golden Gloves back then. You, you did just more a lot of training and so on. Okay. So I'm excited. I go to the Hinkle Fieldhouse in Indianapolis, Indiana. It's where the uh, old ABA uh, Indiana Pacers used to play. Okay. And there's like three, you got three rings set up in there. And I draw uh, a kid named... Uh, Tyrone Latimer. And that sounds I, like a good boxer name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he had, uh, I mean, I was in shape in high school. I was lean, body, no body fat. I, I, and, and man, I could throw a jab. Yeah, like I, you were feeling move. good going into I this. Could, but, uh, but they hit back in Golden Gloves. And uh, it wasn't 30 seconds. And everybody's got a plan until they get hit. And this guy hit me square in the forehead. I saw those little sparkly things. Oh, yes. And which is it's kind of a sign of a you know, concussion. And uh, we didn't know all about that back in the seventies. We could barely spell concussion. Yeah. Well, um, I made it through the first round, but about halfway through the second round, my legs became extremely weak, and that was the end of my Golden Gloves career. So I would love to have talked to Ali about. Well, it looks like you lasted just a little bit longer. Yeah. Than I did. What What could I have done differently to get a you know a forty year career? And I'm going <laughs> to tell anybody right now: if you get a chance, watch the Thriller in Manila, watch uh, Ali Frazier one, watch the Rumble in the Jungle with George Foreman. All incredible fights. But none of them were as good as his fight with Leon Spinks. Ali versus Spinks won, where Spinks beat Ali 15 rounds. In the 15th round, they are standing toe-to-toe in the center of the mm-hmm. ring, hitting Still each going. other in the face and the head, and neither one of them are going anywhere. 15 rounds, back when they would do 15. Yeah, and, they, and they, these were heavyweight fights. Most heavyweight fights now just disappoint me. They really, really do. So, Paul, that was an excellent choice for your, for right. your third one. I am genuinely impressed. I'm continuing on with my um, my entertainment dinner party. Uh, Brent, you know, went you know cerebral enough to mm-hmm. you know enough to scare get... enough to scare people. You bounced around this a little bit. This is the bit. lighter. You had, then... you had a sports figure. You had a hot chick and a comic and a comic comic actor. So, me, I would uh, invite who I think is one of the coolest guys to ever live. Burt Reynolds. Burt has some stories, man. I bet. Burt Reynolds. I I, I just thought um, he was the kind of the just just a cool guy. I uh, picture Burt leaning back in a chair doing an interview, chewing gum, just like that, just chilling. Yeah, and that laugh <laughs> he would do. I, I can't even imitate it. <laughs> Something like that. But the Smokey and the Bandit movies is where pretty much I discovered him. Then I started going back and watching some of his other movies. Uh, obviously, Deliverance played a great, great role in Deliverance. 
My favorite was The Longest Yard. Yes, the original. Yeah. Not that terrible Adam Sandler version no. where he came back to play the old man. Um, but the cool part about Burt Reynolds is he really played um, the old guy well. Yeah, he, he aged and like his roles always fit him. There was a, there's a movie on Netflix called the, the Last Movie, The Last Big Movie Star. And he plays uh, an actor who gets invited to a film festival in this little podunk town. He thinks it's a big deal because previous big-name actors like Clint Eastwood received the award. What well, received the award, the guy didn't show up. So he shows up, and it's this rinky-dink thing, and he just tears it. But it's just a real moving uh, movie. I think it's called, like I said, The Last the last Big Movie Star, or The Last Movie Star. But yeah, Burt Reynolds, I would just love to sit and, and listen to him talk about what it was like to know Dom DeLuise during yeah. all those... Uh, uh, the Cannonball Run. The Cannonball Run movie was the first comedy movie to show outtakes at the end. Really? If you think about I do it, remember that during the credits. First comedy movie to show outtakes at yeah. the end. And people stayed in the theater for like nine minutes watching people, these outtakes. People love that. You get yeah. a human glimpse of the, the inside workings. Watching the outtakes of, of Burt Reynolds and try to keep a straight face with Dom DeLuise. Yeah, good luck. Sally Field and Jerry Reed and 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 all them so yeah that would be my uh, my dinner party that'd be great you get a lot of stories about those about all the the cast and he could talk a little bit about sally he could talk a little bit about lonnie and you know he always said he regret like like sally field was the one that got away so you could kind of find a little more out about all that like why'd you just dump her for the for the blonde come on so, man. so i i went kind of entertainment brent went very cerebral and you went kind of a i did a sort of a potpourri a yeah. bit but uh, I, I would I would say that uh, you you would win this week as far as originality. You really covered all the bases. Muhammad could could stop at all the parties and uh, and see what was going on. He'd be he'd be interesting at any of them. All right. Well, the uh, third segment uh, coming up will be our Mount Rushmore, or as Paul coined the phrase last week, Mount Mushmore. Mount Mushmore. Of, Mount Mushmore. Uh, of. Of, I think we're doing Bible verses this Fable, week. Favorite Bible favorite stories. Favorite Bible stories. All right, and, I'm going to have to uh, in, defer in, to you guys a little in bit. In honor of uh, Brent's uh, expertise in the field. So we'll be back right after this with uh, segment number three. came up in conversation the other day we were talking about our favorite game shows from back in the day well guess what you can have your own game show right now not only the comfort of your own home but for a social event and gathering hey everybody it's rob smith with the lsd podcast here to talk to you about game show party real live tv style game shows brought to you where you get to be the contestant all your favorite game shows like family feud pyramid the dating game the really wet game match game and jeopardy all of those are available all you have to do is go to the website gameshowparty.com there's videos pictures you can look at maybe you want to use game show for a fundraiser just a private party at home or what a fantastic way to get everybody at your company together for some morale boost and team building so again you can call 727-531-8880 visit the website at gameshowparty.com for more information i've seen these guys in action it's an absolute blast so give them a call 727-531-8880 hey everyone it's solio from the lighter side of dark let's be honest 2020 has not been a lot of fun so far 
and we could all probably use some laughs. When I need some laughs, my favorite place in the world to be is at Side Splitters Comedy Club in Tampa, Florida. Live stand-up comedy every Wednesday through Sunday night. Nationally touring acts, there's even acts you've probably never heard of that are hilarious. If you've never seen a live stand-up show, I want you to go. They are so much different in person, and they are so much better. You feel the energy. You really feel like you're part of something special. Sidesplitterscomedy.com. You can get your tickets online. You can pick out your seats online, so you can sit wherever you want. If you want to be in the back because you're afraid, that's fine. You can do that. Go to Sidesplitterscomedy.com and grab your tickets today. Number three, episode number three, season number two, the LSD podcast available at www.lightersideofdark.com. Smith here at the uh, main controls looking at the uh, the uh, amazing uh, computer here. Uh, I think it's circa 2008, maybe? That's a, that's a vintage model. Yep. That, that Dell. It's, it's got that little little blue nipple in the center of the keyboard in case the mouse doesn't work. Right. Just that, that thing that, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm cheap. I'm cheap. I work on uh, the uh, studio here. We've got a, an old table that my wife was, who has a furniture business, had no interest in fixing. So I thought, hey, perfect for the podcast. There you I go. I have that exact same mixer. Yeah, this this has turned out to be a nice little mixer. Uh, it's a uh, Tagune, I guess is the brand. Okay. Um, and uh, actually, I got it in a box of uh, Fruit Loops. It was at the bottom of a box of Fruit Loops. I, I remember when they used to give nice prizes like this. It's good to see them giving stuff away, mixers and like cardboard records that used to play on record players. Yeah. Cracker Jacks. Cracker Jacks. Yeah. yeah, very cool. I got my first engagement ring out of a Cracker Jack box. Okay, special. You know that marriage. <laughs> that marriage really lasted. Yeah. It's probably for the best that it was that yeah. that Cracker. She, she the mood the, ring. My, my, as we've discussed before, my first wife was the. Uh, was the debut. My second wife was the sequel. My third wife was the trilogy. That was the redhead. And my fourth wife is the franchise. Yeah, the franchise wraps it all up. My, my wife is on vacation. This is where you go again. Again? Her third vacation in four weeks. Oh boy, what are you doing to her? The poor girl. I, <laughs> I, I, I'm on vacation as well. <laughs> That's true. I guess yeah. vacation is... Do you know what I had for dinner the other night? Oh, man. Written. You being home alone, just like a pizza... A steak. Uh, just a steak. Just a steak. So you're, you, you're not able to get in the amount of steak you'd want to eat when she's around? Is she not a steak girl? Mm, no, she'll she'll indulge me. Okay. We'll, we'll go for red meat a couple times a week if need be. But but when you have but your choice. if I try to make a steak... Uh, well, well, half something... Oh, I'm sorry. You had to eat mashed potatoes. Oh. Had to have a vegetable. Right. No. You just wanted you a steak. You can just get a bigger steak and <laughs> cut it in the shape of a, of a broccoli and eat it. But yeah. So, hey. and, um And the other night, I made myself two Miracle Whip sandwiches with nothing on them. Really? Is that... That's so that was that something you'd grow up on? Was that yes, a regional? Yes. And if if she saw that, she would lecture me about how there's got to be meat on it, right? Or at least do peanut butter and jelly. Just Miracle Whip on bread is just so that's, stupid. That's not a sandwich. And well, but it's it's it's, it's actually kind of cool because uh, I like chili, 
and she doesn't, so we compromise, and I never get chili. All right. That's noted. I, I do like to make chili, so next time I make chili, I'll be bringing some chili. You bring me some. Well, I'm allergic to tomatoes, so. Son of a gun. We, we could we could do uh, a tomatoless, tomatoless chili. chili. A white bean turkey chili. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Brent, you're our guest. So we do we subject all of our guests to this next little bit called Shag, Mary, Kill. We're going to give you three female names, and you have to pick which one you would shag, which one you would marry, and which one you would kill. And Paul and I will try to guess. Ah. All right. So your your three choices are. I'm going to look here, and I've got to find um, three that uh, that you would know. Ooh, we have done this one before. Skip that one. That was the one that had the, the Jessicas on it. Oh, the three Jessicas. Yeah. That was uh, that's the one that you tormented. Uh, I did. I tormented you. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah, that would have been one. <laughs> oh, I, I like that. All right. I so do like that. Give him his three choices. All right. So our three choices. In the show, Shag, Mary, and Kill. Shag, Brent, Mary, Kill. Brent Michael is our guest. We have Madonna, Cindy Lauper, and Paula Abdul. Think about that, Brent. Think about that for just a second. Madonna, Cindy Lauper. Give him the, uh, give him the thing. Give him one more. Another read over there. Madonna, Cindy Lauper, Paula Abdul. Shag, Mary, kill, Mary, kill, shag, kill, shag, Mary. Whatever your desire. Well, there, 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 there is, there is a. Uh, they did a study, and um, you know, studies are obviously accurate. Oh, sure. Uh, they did a study and uh, 50% of men said they would sleep with Madonna and the other 50% were lying. <laughs> I don't want to influence our guest. Alright, Brent. So I've got kind of in mind here which one you would shag, marry, and kill, but it's time for you to think about it. You, want, you need, to, need it one more time or are you ready? No, I think I... Which one would you kill? That's the problem. Uh-oh. Don't it's, really want to kill anyone. It's too easy. I was going to... I feel better now. I thought yeah. you were going to say it's just yeah, too easy. Paul, Paul goes, well, I don't want to kill anybody because then somebody will show up and knock on the door to arrest me for threatening someone. It is merely a show. So you got Madonna, Cindy Lauper. And Paula Abdul. And Paula Abdul. Which one would you kill? I had to kill one, I guess, would be Madonna. Really? There, there's your curveball. He, I think you thought that was that. You didn't that was going to be the shag? No, I'm not going to say what I thought it was. Okay. But, but, but I mean... Wow, okay. So you would kill like the current Madonna, the skinny British Madonna, or the boy toy Madonna? The current one. Okay, yeah. Cause, hey, I haven't really seen her in a while. I'm not sure what she's up to. I'm a little afraid to know how crazy she's gotten. She's, she's down to like $175 million left now. Oh, so, no. Poor girl. You know, because the, uh, the, uh, the like a prayer money ran out. <laughs> so you would kill Madonna. What's the logic behind that? You said borderline one too many times. Just yeah. <laughs> just, just, uh... Not a fan? Well, I can't say that. I I can say that out of the three, I guess the one I found the least attractive, interesting, etc. Okay, so so Madonna, how how would you do it? Shot in the back of the head, execution style. Oh boy, we're getting real dark. Poisoner, <laughs> make her well, make her listen. I make it quick and easy. You know? Make make her listen. Make her listen to end of the groove baby until shark. she kill, takes her own life. <laughs> no, no, I, I'd make it quick and easy because, like I said, I don't really want to kill any of them. All right. All right. So now we figured out who he's going to uh, who he's going so, to so kill. Kill. We got a shag and a marry left. That who, would mean either Cindy Lauper or Paula Abdul. Who would you marry? Cindy Lauper. I did not see this. I see your true colors. <laughs> <laughs> In this case, Brent just wants to have fun. He does. He does. He likes the redheads. 
She's you know unusual. what? She, you know what? Uh, what's, what's surprising about Cindy Lauper? She put out a jazz album a few years ago. An incredible voice. I love Cindy. She's a like so cool. Incredible, beautiful, she, yeah. kind of melodic. She's voice. such a well. She's so unusual. That was the name of her album that you know put her on the map, and it's true. Though. Well, she's I mean, very she, unique. She was the poster girl for MTV for a while. Yeah, you know? it fit that wild, you know, crazy dress and wild hair, and just. And, sort and of, here we are, forty years later, girls. Just want to have fun. It still gets requested at weddings and parties all the time. And now Brett's going to propose. Yeah, that's uh, so. So, so you would that you would shag Paula Abdul. Uh, I would have been right there with you after in, that in my on, days. on the way to the, the chapel to marry Cindy Lauper. You shoot Madonna and it'd be, be kind of a triple yeah trifecta. There you go. Interesting. See, I did. I thought. I thought he would marry Madonna just just for the long just for the long term uh, money. That, that, that's coming in at that point. Um, I would definitely shag Paula Abdul in, in her heyday. She was adorable, kind of in a Audrey Hepburn kind of way. She yes, was just I, kind, of, I, kind of cute. I did have a thing, a weird thing for Paula. Yeah, and which, I, I would have thought of taken out Cindy Lauper. Cause that was because someone's got to go. You know, you you got your reasons for the other two. The you only know, thing left girls is girls get shot with guns. <laughs> <laughs> Taken around. All right. Well, that's our Shag Mary Kill segment. We threw a little curveball, but I guarantee you he hit it out of the park because I was not expecting. Oh, it was fun. I would have been 0 for 3. I, I like 0 for. I'd like to get just, you know, here randomly just now, give it a shot, and then right. we always get wrong. Well, it is time now for Mount uh, Mount Rushmore, not where, we much talk, more. where we carve four things into a, uh, a figurative Mount Rushmore. Last week we did. Uh, top four uh, guitarists of all time and uh, Prince, Eric Clapton, Jimi Hendrix, and I think we agreed maybe Chuck Berry, I think is the fourth one. for. We, we had a bunch that, that at the end was like, uh, honorable mention, the, the, it's there's always like six to seven that belong and then we have to take three and say, I'm sorry, you're not welcome here. Was Joe, Joe Satriani one of those? Joe Satriani, yeah. You know, as great as he was, I didn't have him yeah, on I there. I didn't have him on my list. But I, I'd He's say amazing, he'd, he'd be, he'd be top, top 10, top 15, probably. Uh, we didn't have Carlos Santana. That's another one I'm like, uh, I didn't say but, Santana. You know, but we, that's, we, we stick to it. you got to do four. Yeah, we have and, to And fall. right now, our, our subject this week, near and dear to our, our special guest, Hart, um, our favorite Bible stories. And we're using the term stories because... I think the three of us believe that that's exactly what they were. Stories. Yeah. Stories. There, there may be some factual things that happened during that time period, sure. uh, 4,000 years ago up to, up to now, um, or I say up to about 2,000 years ago. Um, and these are the stories that we heard growing up, stories we were taught at church. Uh, this that, is a pretty long game of telephone. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I will start. Um, Moses parting the Red Sea. Now Iconic. That's, yeah, that, that's an exodus. You know, he, he stands up on, raises his staff up, and the clouds reach down. And I'm, I'm picturing the, the Charlton Heston scene, obviously, in Ten Commandments, because it was done extremely well. And so that's one that just kind of always stuck out to me as, wow, that would have been really cool uh, to see. And then as I got older, I went, well, I'm not really quite like, sure that's so exactly wait, So he's a I wizard? Am. What's happening here? And there's theories that they have now showing where that area of the Red Sea was. Okay. That when the tide goes out at super low tides, which happen about once every nine or ten weeks or something, a super low tide, you can walk across that area. And that's what a lot of people, obviously not uh, religious zealots, yeah. are, are believing, that, that Moses could have known 
they they knew tides back then. They they could they could judge the moon and tides that he knew exactly when it was yeah. time it, to leave. It was probably an old party. It was <laughs> it was an old party trick for me. And he'd have a little too much wine. He'd be like, guys, check this out. I'm gonna I'm gonna part the sea, ready? And then they'd all believe him because they didn't know any better. Yeah. And all these years later. Brent, any uh, any thoughts on Moses parting the Red Sea? Um, I remember going through uh, uh, that uh, movie set at uh, Universal Studios in California. Okay. Uh, and uh, you actually drive through it. Is I mean, you don't drive; they drive you in a tram, and you know the water just parts like that. You know, but uh, yeah, that's okay. Moses, Party of the Red Seas. That's uh, that one. I think's got to be up there. It's it's certainly one even the casual Bible observer is probably familiar with. All right, Paul, you have one. Uh, I I may just have to go with Noah. Second on my list, yeah, right there. Because I because I think I'm at my limit of uh, really at recall here. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, the you know you know the 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 factual story we all know that Noah <laughs> brought a copy. What was it? A copy of every single animal on the earth. Or is it two copies, like a male and a female? I don't even know. See, Paul, what happens it was when, so when you true. really like a person is the man puts his penis. Okay, anyway, in the, the, in the female. Yeah, they boat. needed a male and a female of each animal, Paul. But in the ark. <laughs> thanks for understanding the biology of this whole biblical thing. <laughs> they make a little ark. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, uh, for those of you that uh, are not familiar with it, you've obviously been uh, raised in a cave. Um, Russell Crowe was the closest, I guess, they could get to what Noah would have. That was there at the time. Per, yeah. Um, was told by uh, the, go- the God, and uh, the, the voice boomed down from heaven. Uh, the Bill Cosby bit about Noah is really good, so if you ever get a chance to check that out, because Bill Cosby what's actually... Well, what's a Cuban? Was, <laughs> he was actually very funny before he became a rapist. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, and, and so we told him to, because he was, he was mad at people and angry, because God back then had anger management issues. Um, you know, very vengeful. Uh, have no god before me, blah blah blah. Sure. A little, little narcissistic, and uh, he said, "Well, I'm going to kill him." Trump. If you look at it, Trump is exactly the god pictured in the Bible. He's vain, narcissistic. He doesn't like anybody competing with him. That's wow. That's pretty deep. That's why Brent is the it's OT, not, the original theologian. Well, you mean when John McCain died, he went to heaven. Met St. Peter at the gate, and he let him right in. Oh, you're a big war hero. Come on in. Let me show you around. He shows him where the racquetball courts are. Shows him. He goes, oh, here's the buffet. They go in, and he goes, what's? He goes, every food you've ever wanted is here. All your favorites are here, and, and so on and so forth. Just get in line, grab yourself a tray, and have whatever you want. About that time, a guy comes bounding through with a blue uh, jacket on and a red tie and orange hair and shoves his way through and bumps everybody out of the way. John McCain goes, who's that? He goes, oh, it's God. He just thinks he's Donald Trump. <laughs> So back to Noah. Um, so all of a sudden, out of the clear blue, a pair, male and female, Paul. Mm, there we was, go. Because they weren't about those gays back then. No, 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 no. And uh, so they just, all the animals decided, to, just two of them, to, to somehow get to this one particular place in the Middle East, in the mountains, and just kind of walk two by two, one right behind the other, kind of like voting in Georgia right now, just waiting along the lines. Elephants. Penguins, alligators, lions, giraffes, termites. termites. Yeah, remarkably organized. Well, I have to say, 
Yes, yes, because they're still around. So they had to have been on on that. Wasps. Thank you. Every every creature. But who didn't make it? Mosquitoes. Unicorns. And all the dinosaurs, because a boat can only hold so many. So they they, they would have estimated, if this was legitimate, the Ark would have had to have been the size of 19 cruise ships. So Carnival. Ever been on a cruise ship? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the Carnival Noah Sensation. <laughs> you know, you want an outdoor cabin, that's cool, because the indoor cabin, that's where the sheep live. <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, then they floated around for 40 days and 40 nights. It rained, and they floated, and they had enough food for all the animals. Yeah, they really know how to take care of all these details. Just not have anything worked they fed, out. They fed the penguins to the lions. <laughs> Oh, you know. And then, miraculously, a dove showed up with an olive branch, and the rest is history. And by the way, wouldn't that make us all descendants of... It's hysterical, all right? Yeah. There's a lot of logic that, that seems to be missing uh, missing the other end when it comes to these stories. I mean, stories. this is by no means disparaging to people with Down syndrome, but isn't there a little bit of genetical issues with having oh, sure. a lot, lot mean, of sex with people in your family? Look at the royal family. We don't know anybody from, from Alabama. Should we call somebody oh, and ask is, about that? That explains the vote these days. Oh, that's true. Wow. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brent, I'm really interested in hearing one of your favorite Bible stories. Well, I have to go with the beginning. and, and Third one on my list, the talking snake. Well, the, just the Adam and Eve thing. Well, the talking snake and Adam and Eve exactly the same place. Yeah. Well, but I mean, all these... All these erroneous, absurd things come out of the fact that, okay, well, you want to talk about incest, uh, you know, Adam and Eve only had Cain and Abel. Who did Cain and Abel have sex with? Eve. They had to. They had to. So that that's that's the start of this perverted sex thing, you know. It's, it's you know, and then yeah, the talking snake bit, you know, of course. That's that's when you know the Bible was written by a man who blames everything on the woman. The the whole concept of Adam and Eve of of there being one couple of humans that started everything off is just ridiculous. It's disgusting, really. <laughs> yeah, and it's disgusting. It's it, it's yeah, and and that of course is you know the why the human race is so screwed up because they believe that yeah talk about contact tracing <laughs> we could we there could go. all go yeah. back and and find out but yeah that's uh that's probably that's why that was the third one on my list was i, I always refer to it as the not not even the garden of eden or I, I refer to it as the talking snake bill maher from one of my favorite uh, uh actor comedian talk show hosts he always talks about yeah, yeah we believe in the talking snake um <laughs> Yeah, you can have you can eat off any tree in the forest. Except this well, one right here. Here's the interesting thing. Adam and Eve had no knowledge of good and evil, of right or wrong, before the snake showed up, before they ate of the tree, then how would they know it was wrong in the first place? How did they know what death was? I mean, supposedly God threatened them and said, No, you'll surely die if you eat this tree and they're like, Okay, I'll die. So what's that mean? What what's die yeah. mean? I'm gonna smite you. Uh, all right. Okay. Oh, what, what is? What, oh, okay. smite me, Almighty yeah, Smiter. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, it's like I'm gonna die. Okay. What? What's that? Doesn't mean anything. Describe it. You know, describe it. <laughs> what know? is death like? <laughs> all I can say is, when you think of the word diet, it starts with die. That's why. That's why. Yeah. That's that's the reason. There's only one extra letter on the end. It's. I guess you're not supposed to eat apples. I guess not. That could be the. That could be the problem after all. <laughs> 
All right, Paul. I know you were uh, raised a good, uh, you know, well, it- Italian Catholic. And no, they tried. That did, I didn't really take to it. Go we, to mass and all that stuff. Another, said, another Bible story. Uh, unless your unless your well has runneth runneth dry. It, it pretty it pretty well has. Uh, I mean, we. I don't know if this is. What about the whole, uh, you know, immaculate conception? Would that be part of the Bible in any way? Or is I, I guess that was in Absolutely. there somehow, right? Absolutely. Are you kidding? So me? that 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 might be a, a pretty, pretty famous moment. Like, um, wait a second. I think maybe they were at least, you know, rubbing up against each other. Something happened. Something happened. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's another one of those sick, twisted things. Right. Is, is uh, essentially God went down the. You know, or sent a part of himself down to earth and raped somebody else's wife who had a child who was actually part of him so therefore God raped him or God's God God's son who was himself raped his own mother see when you get into the when father you, son and the holy spirit it starts getting a little bit convoluted when you yeah, put it that I, way I mean, it, it's it's totally it, 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 it's, it's kind of like the three types of matter water you get liquid gas and solid that can be the holy trinity when you get right down to it <laughs> so when he was down there doing the business he was obviously solid and uh, everything else after that's just either gas or liquid so yeah so yeah the immaculate conception would definitely be a uh, uh, a story that led to the, the the birth of Jesus and Christianity and and, and so on. And I guess so it's forth. sort of a larger uh, picture, but yeah, that's always what I think of as uh, you know the Immaculate Reception. They, they even named a catch after it. It was yeah. so great. Yeah, that's absolutely true. <laughs> and you're a Steelers fan. Yeah, I know you, you can appreciate you the Immaculate Reception. Like, well, why is he talking about sports during the Bible stories? <laughs> Yeah, that was one that always kind of, uh, it always confused me because my grandfather was a minister, as anybody who's listening to the podcast would know. And uh, that was always one that when I asked my grandfather about it, you know, started getting specific, it was always, well, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. Yeah, right. That was his uh, Muhammad Ali rope-a-dope. Sure. Whenever he didn't want to be confronted with a question about Christianity or religion, he'd hide in the corner and block all the punches until you tired out. Um, the one the one I have on here is uh, God uh, basically telling Abraham to kill his son Isaac. Seems like such a nice, God-like, loving thing to when Whenever, suggest. and this is one of the things that Christians, uh, uh, Christians, um, I have to say it like that, Christians, mm-hmm. they mock, laugh, make fun of, torment these cultures that offer sacrifice. Oh, can you believe these barbarian hmm. Inca people down in South America would would kill a child to sacrifice to their god? How Just barbaric, how insane. A volcano. Read your Bible, you cherry-picking sons of bitches. Oh, it's yeah. right in there. It's clear as a bell. Bible's vicious. You know, and, and I just I just picture, you know, Abraham walking up the hill with Isaac, and Isaac's going, hey, uh, hey, Dad, new knife? <laughs> <laughs> Looks real sharp. Yeah, I got this one on. Uh, I got this one on uh, Amazon, son. And, Why are you pointing uh, said, it at me? Said guys, guys who 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 bought Christianity often buy a knife. Ridiculous. I, I, I said, and I think about that, and I and I would ask my grandfather about it. Well, it would prove his love and his faith for the for God and sons of all. Always a justification. Know, how did Isaac feel about that? That's you some know, mental gymnastics hey, right listen, there. I, I like God too, and I didn't get the memo. I didn't get the message here. Well, yeah. it's just like the Jesus story. Yeah, son, I love you, but 
your whole purpose is to die, and we're going to make sure you when you die you get tortured. Yeah, you know, it's it's not going to be a fun death, easy. Okay, just wanted to let you know. We're, we're Love you. We're hanging you, you, know? <laughs> uh, hang you for for three days on a cross, and then stuff you in a cave, and. Really, it's almost yeah. as if they would rather just people be afraid of. Yeah, they're gonna afraid of, you know, pierce you with a spear, thorn, a crown made out of thorns. Right. Blah blah blah. You'd be, they'll throw rocks. Literally at you torture. And, That's yeah. exactly yeah. what. Torture. Yeah, exactly yeah. what it is. How, how charming. That George Carlin put it best. You know, they leave it. They believe in an invisible man who lives in the sky, who can look down and see everything everybody can do and knows everybody's thoughts completely. But he gives you a list of ten things you cannot do. If you break any of these ten things, he sends you to a place of fire and torture and torture and torment for all eternity. But he, he loves, loves you. you. <laughs> so, um, Brent, um, since you know an awful lot about the Bible, uh, can you can you tell me the verse where Jesus uh, said he hates fags? Can you can you tell me what particular Bible verse that is? Uh, that would be none of them. Really? Huh. Yeah. Wait a minute. According to a lot of stuff I see from the Christian right, they believe in the teachings of Jesus. A man shall not lay with a man like he shall lay with a woman. That's I'm going to cherry pick. I'm going to cherry pick right there. That's actually pretty damn accurate what he just did. I, th I, th I thought. <laughs> that's the Old Testament. Yeah, I thought yeah. the Proud Boys walked in. Right. That's that's a, They always have something like that ready. Brent, you're probably one of the smartest guys I know when it comes to people who hit you with a Bible quote. Because I, I have to admit, I learned, I, I, I learned you, I don't know if you coined the phrase, but I learned it from you. You, you call them cherry pickers. Mm -hmm. like, okay, you're, you're cherry picking a certain part of the Bible to make your point, but you're discounting all the rest. The context is important. Can you think of any, any other um, weird cherry picking stories that people have hit you with where they go, well, the Bible says this. Yeah, I like to prove a point. Uh, well, homosexuality is definitely uh, one of the big ones. Uh, race thing, uh, you know, the the, Indy, the Indy whole, car racing, stock car racing, no, no, the whole <laughs> descendants of hell. Oh, race, the thing. cursed race, you know, and the idea that uh, everybody's supposed to uh, respect their masters, and it's like, uh, okay, uh, so in other words, the Bible approves slavery. Well, these other verses say differently. Which ones do you take? You know, and yeah, the uh, one that fits your own narrative, I guess. Yeah. And uh, they're just many, uh, you know, the uh, idea that women are not supposed to be teachers. You know, women, a lot of times, in the Bible are property. They're no, they're they're not much higher rank than uh, sheep and goats. Well, a woman is not allowed to teach, and she's also not supposed to wear makeup and jewelry. You me you mentioned the uh, slavery thing. Um, uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 22 slaves obey your earthly masters exactly yikes we're not done Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5 slaves be obedient be obedient to your human masters and of course my personal favorite Peter chapter 2 verse 18 slaves submit yourself so that's not just one quote yeah it was a theme that's three right off the bat sort of a thread I was, I was able to find pretty quick it was probably I'm gonna guess 14 years ago we were sitting uh, at dinner, me and my wife and the, uh, the three remaining kids, my oldest son, uh, Jesse, had uh, gone on to college. And out of the clear, out of the clear blue, the phone rings. <laughs> out of the clear blue, my, uh, my son said, why don't, why don't we live more according to the Bible? Now, he wasn't raised uh, overtly religious. And I said, uh, why? Why do you think 
we need to. Are we living a bad way? Well, the Bible teaches uh, this or that. He said a couple things. I said, okay. I said, uh, I looked over my wife, kind of gave her that look like, I'm going to run with this for a minute. Hopefully you'll have my back. And I said, okay, um, I'm okay with that. You guys good with getting up early Sunday morning, going to church every Sunday? getting dressed up going to church because that's part of it and they were all like okay and uh, we'll say a blessing before each meal that make everybody feel better that's okay and I'm again I'm not against that if somebody chooses to to bless their food it it makes them feel better you're just trying to set the stage I'm I'm not here to try to change somebody's mind about this stuff but and I said okay and uh, but I said there's some other things and he goes what do you mean and I said well um, I said your sisters are getting up in age to the point where when let's say when your sister gets 15 mm-hmm. uh, she's had her menstrual cycle for a couple of years i call your uncle rich not uncle by blood and i say uh, hey don't you have a couple daughters too he'll say yeah i said well you can't have sex with our daughters so tell you what i'll trade you samantha for chelsea and then your mom who's getting kind of old she now becomes first wife starts cleaning the house fixing the meals and i take Rich's daughter, and I start having sex with her. She's my second wife. And he takes your sister, and the same thing. So we just basically trade. Now, you know what I'll probably do? I'll probably throw in a couple, like, like, a, like a dog or a cat. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a you know, cause you're, trading baseball cards. Because your sister's high maintenance. I'll throw in a dog and a cat, maybe. Throw you know, in a Willie McCovey. A side of beef or something. Jeez. And he goes, what do you mean? I said, Aaron, you don't realize that back in biblical times, men had as many wives as they wanted, but typically five, six, or seven. That's how they procreated. The ratio of men to women born in that time period, genetically, was about seven to one women to men. So if you had a son, wow, that was really cool. Because that was like a rarity. Women, that's why women were kind of treated like cattle. And he goes, well, I'm not sure I like that. And I said, well, I'm not sure your mom really a big fan of it either. And that's why it's kind of phased out because it's kind of creepy. And I said, by the way, I'll also need to call your Uncle Ben and have him come up here and he'll be our slave. He's what? I said, well, the Bible condones slavery. He's black. So on our most recent history, that would be the logical would be way the, to go. Right. That would be the most. So according to the Bible, I can take him because he is lesser lesser than me. And as long as I feed and clothe him, he mm-hmm. shall work for me. And he must be obedient. And I said, by the way, uh, Aaron, if you ever choose to have sex with someone who's not your wife, we can take you down to the courthouse, bury you to your waist, and everybody will stand back and throw rocks about the size of baseballs and softballs at you until you're dead. Actually, if he smarts off to you. Yeah, well, and, and I, I said, I said, by the way, we could do that just kind of on a whim. So, any talky backsies. And... If, if, if you look at a woman funny, we can stone you. And then suddenly by the end of, by the end of dinner, we changed the subject. Yeah. And I, I, I didn't mean that in any way to demean him no, or no. to take away from, from him. I wanted to show him that... If you choose to live by the Bible, I think you have to live by all of it. It's an example of don't just cherry pick and tell that this is the good stuff. But we really can't live by the Bible now. It's 2020. The world is a different place. And finally, the last thing I'll close with on this whole subject is generations. You know how many generations in 100 years now? Four on average. It's about every 25 years people start having kids. Mm -hmm. So when you're 25, you have a kid. When you're 50, that kid turns 25. He has a kid. You're now a grandpa. So you're usually a grandpa in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s. So there's four generations in 100 years. Because our lifespan now, a man lives 74 years now on average, and a woman lives 77. I think that's because a man's more willing to kill himself. But anyway, <laughs> you've been, with, you've been <laughs> with a woman for that long. You know? <laughs> I think I'm going to go first, honey. How do you know? You have heart disease? No, but I got a gun. Um, I, 
so back then, average lifespan was 30 years, 30 to 33 years. So there were as many as the, a, a girl would turn 12 or 13, she'd start menstruating. That was a sign from God that she is now a woman. And the Jewish faith, you had a mitzvah, that boy's 13, you know, he's great. I love that same family guy. He goes, so dad, I'm a man? Yeah, can I drive? No. Can I drink? No. Can I have sex? No. Can I cash the checks? Absolutely. <laughs> so there was like eight generations per hundred years. A.D., 2,000 years ago, 2,020 years ago, Jesus was around, and all these other Bible stories. Sometimes 300 years after the events happened. So that's 24 generations. In 24, that's a hell of a game of telephone, Paul, yeah. like you said. 24 generations later, the story's being written and told. And the Bible is coined the phrase, the greatest story ever told. Nobody even... hears that. It's kind of like programming, channel, broadcasting. Yeah. You don't you don't listen. You don't it's think the, of it that way. It's the greatest story ever told. So those of you that are extremely religious and, and listen to our podcast, we don't want to lose you as a listener. We did this more from an entertainment side. We're not trying to change your religion. If you choose to believe in Christ, if you believe in in, in Judaism and, and the stories of Moses. Uh, Judaism, not Judy Tenuta, isn't it? What is it? Judy Tenuta. Judy Tenuta. Yeah. That would be Judaism. She uh, just Well, she saw that Ron Hubbard created or, a religion. Or to gay guys, like, that could, could refer to Judy Garland. Well, that's Judy, Judaism. <laughs> that's true. Actually, Those ruby slippers. <laughs> she actually does have her own religion, Judaism. I, I actually, I, I think I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, she's hilarious. <laughs> and, and, and if it was a Shag Murray kill, Brett would marry that one. Yeah, he's a big fan of Judy. Judy, she looks, she's wild. She's been wild for a long she's time. Like a female version of Rip Taylor. Kind of, remember yeah. Rip Taylor used to show yeah. up and just throw the confetti up in the air. Yeah, that's. He, he was uh, gay in a happy way. And and. And she is a date Emo Phillips. Oh, there's a pair. Oh, wow. Okay, for those of you at home that are going to the Great and Glorious Google, look up Judy Tenuta, T-E-N-U-D-A, and Emo Phillips, E-M-O, and put those two side by side and picture a child. The perfect weirdness together. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, i gotta t- I got to tell you, Brent, it's been a real pleasure having you uh, on the podcast. Would you come back and join us again in the future? Oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, so, Paul, what do you think? Uh, should we invite him back? Please do. Yeah. All right. And uh, and the uh, the pie. Um, I uh, like I said, I'm I'm really getting hard on for that pie. Go right go now. indulge. So <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up and uh, and kick you guys out of the studio. And uh, I'm gonna make up some story that I got an important phone call. And then, really, I'm touched. Be you sure to extend extend my thanks right. uh, to your uh, lovely and talented wife. Definitely. Um, for taking the time to uh, to bring back some wonderful memories for me. Oh, we hope you enjoy uh, it. And I am definitely going to enjoy it. I did find a cavity a few minutes ago when I took the bite. Oh. I found that cavity I was looking for because that is sweet in a really, really good way. Uh, we got to talk about what our next uh, next week's uh, Mount Rushmore is going to be. Oh, we do, don't we? We need a topic. Now, next, uh, next week we're getting close to Halloween. We are. So something maybe along those lines. Maybe candies um, or, or no, we already co- did monsters. We already did. Oh, we uh, did. We did monsters. We even did movie candy. So we've done candy and we've done monsters already. How about uh, Halloween traditions? Okay. Halloween traditions. Yeah, there's enough. I think we the could Mount Rushmore of Halloween yeah. traditions. There's a couple obvious ones. Yeah. Couple yep. That might be a little bit more obscure. Okay. So for those of you uh, keeping track, next week's Mount Rushmore will be famous Halloween traditions. Um, 
So uh, what have we learned today? We learned that uh, that Brent uh, speaks Would. English very well mm -hmm. as an English professor. English professor. Yet yet heard a bunch of crap going on across a four-foot-wide hallway, and mm -hmm. then the rest is history. Now he knows an awful lot about that stuff. He would begrudgingly kill Madonna. Yes. And, uh, and, he, he, and he would invite Hitler and Marx to his own house. Uh, and then Ian, just to, just to spice it up, let him, let him go at it. But yeah. On a plastic potato sack. And you bring Muhammad Ali in to beat the living uh, crap out of Robin Williams when he starts getting crazy. <laughs> he starts getting too hyper. Yeah. And me, I've got, uh, I got Prince over in the corner doing an eight ball with uh, John Belushi while Burt Reynolds just goes, <laughs> Sounds like a good All one. right, everybody. Well, stay safe out there. Uh, wear your masks. Social distance. We'll all get through this together. Together. This has been uh, the uh, Lighter Side of Dark with Solio Smith. Where can they uh, follow us, Paul? Follow us. Follow us. Follow us on... Uh, Flex Talkers? Stop. Yeah. Where can they follow us? Paul? Oh, they can fo They can follow us everywhere on... Uh, you mean like our podcast stuff and our, yeah, and our, that's, our that's website stuff? How can they find out more about us? Paul? Oh, yeah. That's exactly what I'm talking That'll about. That'll your lighter... Just give them your home address and let's just get this over with. Perfect. When somebody starts assaulting me on Facebook, I just I just basically put your picture and your home address. And that's, that's it. typically what I do. Go to uh, lightersideofdark.com or go to Facebook and type in LSD Podcast. You can find us that way. And uh, if you have Anchor Podcast, if you have Spotify, if you have Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. True, yeah, we're so, on there now. Um, yeah, wherever you like to listen. Find us on there. And wherever. Uh, kill an hour and a half in the car. podcasts are sold. Well, Solio, it's been a pleasure working with me. It certainly has, hasn't it? Stay safe. We'll uh, see everybody next week. Side of Dark is produced at the My Forever Story Studios in Spring Hill, Florida, in association with RSP Entertainment and Events and Solio Entertainment. Written and produced by Rob Smith and Paul Solio. Edited by Rob Smith. Original music provided by Elijah Seth Book. Available on Instagram. All material used in the show is done for entertainment purposes only and not to be taken seriously. Available on Facebook at LSD Podcast. Lighter Side of Dark, copyright 2020. You always hear people say that this election is the single most important one of our lifetime. Well, in 2020, it certainly is. Hey, everybody. This is Rob Smith with the LSD Podcast, urging you, if you haven't already registered to vote, be sure to do so as soon as you can. You can go to USA.gov. They'll give you all the information on how your vote can matter. Whether you vote Republican or Democrat or Independent, it doesn't matter to me as long as you vote. You can call 1-844-USA-GOV-1. Contact your local precinct for voter information. Whatever you do, people, 
please vote because this election is the most important one in our lifetime. Thanks.